you, Jesus. Mm. Oh, I tell you, I love worshiping the Lord. Uh, before we do uh, get into our Bible study tonight, I want us to pray for um, uh, for Sister Kathy Phillips. First of all, I got a text. They are at home with her. Brother Jason, Sister Alicia said that they just uh, she's not strong enough to be left at home by herself yet. So they they were staying home with her tonight, and. Um, Ask that we would just remember to pray for her, for her to just get her body strength back so she can get around and not be worried about falling. And, um, and then I got a text from Sister Donna uh, Taylor, and one of their co-workers tested positive for COVID and, and uh, got pretty sick. And so she said, I'm just staying home to make sure that I don't get anybody sick. She didn't feel sick, but she wanted to make sure that she didn't... Uh, get anybody sick so let's pray she doesn't get sick that it won't that it won't affect her and she'll be able to uh, be back at work and be back at church and those kind of things and then um remember uh, my mom if you would she'll be having uh outpatient procedure on friday uh, for that pain that's in her lower back and leg and, um, they said it should fix it and everything should be fine but let's just pray all that goes well and i know she would appreciate that so any other needs, let's just lift them up to the Lord tonight. Let's believe God to take care of it. He can do it. Precious Jesus, we love you in this house. We give you honor and praise. God, we know that you're able to heal the sick tonight, so strengthen those that need it. Touch Sister Kathy tonight. Strengthen her, God, and help her. Encourage her heart tonight, God, and lift her up, Lord. And God, bless and protect. Take care of Sister Donna, Lord. Keep her safe from that sickness and Lord, be with the doctors and surgeons, Lord, and keep my mom and watch over her and let this be a good good thing for her. We just ask you to bless the service and all that's done in it. We're going to praise you for these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap and shout. Hallelujah. He's a great God. He's a great God. We appreciate the Lord so much tonight. And uh, you can be seated tonight. My reading's a little little longer, not just real long, but just longer than normal. Wednesday's a little more relaxed, so you'll be seated tonight and uh, thankful. We had a, a tremendous service on Sunday, just a great service, great spirit of the Lord in the house, and and then uh, had, a, had a great prayer on Monday night as well, and for praying for our prodigals and uh, just believing results to come for those, uh, those people we're praying for. I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen in Jesus' name, it's going to come to pass. Uh, 2 Kings, if you have your Bibles, 2 Kings 18, and um, verses 1 through 8. In our Sunday school lesson this past week, uh, we were talking about Mary and Martha and how that they believed God, believed in what Jesus could do, believed if, you know, that he, at the least he was a healer. Lord, if you'd have been here, our brother had not died. And he said, well, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. And it was more than just a mental affirmation that, yes, I believe. He was going to ask them to do something that seemed ridiculous. He was going to ask them to roll the stone away uh, from the tomb. And, of course, they objected with, he's been dead four days, and by now he, he stinketh, and so it was a point where their faith was being put to the test of obedience. And it was more of, did they trust Jesus with what he was asking them to do? And I want to make sure that I trust the Lord. I want to trust him. And uh, so I, I love him, Pastor. I was, okay, you can love the Lord, but you can love somebody and not trust them. You can love someone very much. And not trust them. And because uh, trust is going to be an action that uh, is going to require an action on your behalf. It's a, trust is, is going to require letting go. You're going to have to let loose of the reins and believe that he is taking care of you and ordering your steps. So uh, this story, first eight verses about uh, a king and uh, what... It was that distinguished him in his lifetime. In verse 1 it says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, 
that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abai, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, did. He removed the high places, break the images, cut down the groves. Some, uh, this just came to me. This is going to tie in about getting rid of those idols and images. Cut down the groves, break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For under those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he clave to the Lord, and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. The Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went forth. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria, and served him not. He smote the Philistines even under Gaza and the borders thereof from the tower of the watchman to the fenced city. And so tonight I'm going to talk about trusting God. Talked about trusting God tonight. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much and we don't want to just honor you with our lips, Lord, and our heart be far from you. But Lord, we want to love you with all of our heart and we want to trust you. So, Lord, tonight, help us, Lord, as we read through these scriptures and see in your word, Lord, that we can remember that you're looking out for us, Lord, that you're taking care of every need, and, God, that we would learn to trust you even more. We just give you praise, honor, and glory tonight in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise tonight. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I trust him. I love him. But I trust him. Like I said, I don't want to just, uh, you know, love somebody but not trust them. What an awful, awful way to, to go through life. I have mentioned before in uh, marriage counseling and premarital counseling, um, I have talked about, you know, that issue of trust and having trust and how wonderful it is to trust the one that you love. There can be nothing in my mind more miserable than to not trust the one you love. I could not imagine going to work wondering where or what my spouse was up to, that my mind was so troubled or, or you know, so stressed or anxious about where they might be or who they might be talking to or that that I could not trust them, that I could not get through my day, you know, without that trust. I have had friends of mine before, this was pre-Jesus days, you know, and so I had friends of mine that got married very young and uh, they would, we would be somewhere and uh, man, it was like every 30 minutes, so they were uh, back then, paging they were paging their spouse and then or either finding a payphone where they could call their spouse we would be out you know playing ball doing this that, that. where nobody's home then next phone calls where have you been and just on and on i'm like man do you not trust them i mean is it something going on or is there a reason or you you know, just there just was no trust there and uh, and it was usually went both ways i mean uh he was getting paged as much as he was doing the paging. You know, where is everybody at? And so, and well, I, man, I just love her so much. Well, if you love her, why don't you trust her? Or if you love him, why don't you trust him? Because what a miserable way to live, always worried that the person you are supposed to be soulmates with and love more than anybody on this planet, that you can't be at ease when you're not together. Yeah. That you are that distrustful of them, that something is going on behind your back and oh man just give you ulcers and headaches and stress and that's why I guess a lot of my guys I graduated high school with are bald now man their hair fell out I don't know uh you know anxiety just uh, stress man uh it, 
trust is so beautiful, wonderful thing. And, and it's not, I do not take my wife for granted. I don't. But her and I have a relationship that is built on love, of course, but it is built on trust. And I know that, uh, I used to tell somebody, I said, one of the greatest blessings is that I can go through my day and me and her, I said, I know, I feel like I can speak for her that she understands this too, that she doesn't have to worry about me when I walk out the door. She knows who I love and she trusts me. And I don't have to worry about her when I walk out the door because I know who she loves and I trust her. And that trust is beautiful and you build a life, not just on love, but on trust. Uh, it's got to have both. Uh, but that trust has got to be there or you could, you'll never be able to let go of anything. Uh, and, and friend, when you serve the Lord, you're going to have to learn that I've got to let go sometimes. I've got to uh, let go so God can do what he wants to do. He, God will not yank anything out of my hands. He's like, give it to me, hand it over. Uh, lay it down, and I'll, I'll take care of it. He wants me to sow things. You know when you sow something? You don't sow with your fist clenched. Nothing's coming out. Well, I don't want to lose all that. Well, you got to trust that once you let it go, that it's going to actually grow and be what it's designed to be. And uh, so uh, God made it that way. He designed seed, and he said, you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, so uh, abundance you reap abundantly so um, so this king that we're reading about right here uh, he uh, begins to talk about he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord when he came into his kingship he began to tear down the idols and get rid of the things that um, the children of, of Israel had made in that days to worship and but verse 5 says he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. Hezekiah set a new bar, and it was never reached after him. He, he bypassed those that were before him, and he put up a bar that others did not. It wasn't that they could not, they just did not reach uh, this level of trust. It was this trust that he had in God that distinguished him in his life, in his kingship, in his reign, in Israel, among the kings. And it is what makes him stand out to us in Scripture here tonight. He trusted God. His life, uh, his legacy was built upon the trust that he had in God. And it, the commandments, see, that's the thing, it's those commandments. Jesus told us that anyone who would hear his word and keep his word. Well, when you keep the word of God, it's because you trust the word of God. You don't obey things you don't trust. You don't stand up for things that you don't trust. You don't, you know, you, you don't walk on things that you don't trust. And uh, so Jesus said, when uh, you hear my words and you keep my words, you're like a person who has dug deep and built a house on the rock. And then when the winds come and the storms come, they can beat on that house all day, but it will not fall because you have kept my word or trusted in my word. Uh, I trust his word. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And well, that's going to take trust. Because again, you can love someone, but not trust them. And so, yes, Jesus, I love you, but I just can't forgive others as you forgave me. It's, you know, it, well, then you don't trust what his word. Lord, I, I do love you, but I just don't have time to pray or I can't fast and I can't give. And well, and you don't get rewarded because you don't trust his word. Now, I read a quote that said, if you were to tell God, I've never seen you do anything for me, that God would answer back saying, it's because you have never trusted me. If you can't see that God has blessed you immensely, then it's most likely that you have never trusted God with anything in your life. But Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6 tell me, trust in the Lord 
with all thine heart. Now, when I read this, I, maybe it's just my mind that works like this, but I am big on uh, remembering word association in Scripture. When I read a, a certain word, I think, where have I seen that word before and would it apply or be part of what I need to understand here? The Bible says also that I should love the Lord with all my heart. And if I love him, I keep his commandments. And so when I trust in the Lord with all my heart, you see, that actually comes down to my love for him because it's with all my heart. I can't uh, divide that up. I can't divide all my heart up. It's got to be love and trust to God has got to be hand in hand. I love him, so I keep his commandments. It's because I trust him and that his commandments will only do me good. I live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Uh, his word sanctifies me, causes me to be born again. It's the word uh, that keeps us. And I'm telling you, it framed the worlds by faith. We understand that. And so the word of God is so very important to us. But trusting in the word of God is what makes it work in your life. It, the, the, the word of God will never lose its value or its power. But it will be inactive without trust. Hello, it's, we've got to trust in the Lord with all our heart. I cannot uh, hold back on certain areas and say, God, I can trust you to save my soul but not heal my body. Or I can trust you to heal my body and not save my soul. It, it can go either way. I can trust you, Lord, to, to fill me with your spirit. I'm actually speaking in a language that I don't understand, but I just can't trust you to save nobody else. You know what I mean? We, we've got to trust him with all of our heart. And so he said, and then, and lean not unto your own understanding. And then in all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, that's trust in all your ways. In whatever way you approach relationship, acknowledge him. In whatever way you approach your job, acknowledge him. In whatever way you approach your marriage, acknowledge him. In whatever way you approach giving, acknowledge him. Because that's trust. People that don't pay tithes don't trust God because <laughs> it's Scripture that you pay your tithes or you rob God. It's, well, that's Old Testament. I mean, it don't apply to us today. Well, we, you know, we can go around that merry-go-round all day long. But uh, the Bible says, when I give, it shall be given back. When people, it, you can't give like this. Woman had two mites. Let go of it. He said she put in more than anybody else. All the mothers gave out their abundance. They left something back that they could trust. They left something back that they could fall back on. I'm not getting rid of everything, but what did Jesus tell that young ruler? Sell everything you have and follow me. Now, do you think Jesus was going to let him be a pauper and, and, and starve to death following him? You want me to get rid of everything I've got, sell all of it, distribute it, and then just follow you with not a penny in my pocket. How will I eat? Trust me. Where are my clothes going to come from? Trust me. Where will I live? Trust me. That's what he was telling him. You've got to trust me and trust what I'm saying. So in all your ways, you acknowledge him. So whatever way you face these things, conflict, acknowledge him. You know, Trials, tribulations, acknowledge him. Good times, great times, victories, acknowledge him. Don't forget him when things are going well. Acknowledge him. Trust him with every bit of it. God's going to establish your ways. He's going to make sure that you are taken care of. God will not call you to follow him, uh, to leave anything behind, and it will not come back to you. So you trust him in those things, trusting God like it did for Hezekiah, it will set you apart in this world. It will cause you to stand out in a crowd. It will cause people to, to realize and recognize that there is something different about you. Uh, you are doing things that people in the past didn't do. Hezekiah was changing Israel's way of worship because they had begun to worship 
uh, idols and images in groves, and they had even taken things that God used as a miracle-working tool in one day. Uh, they began to worship the brazen serpent uh, that had been upon the staff, and, and that was not what they were supposed to do with that. And so he destroyed that because you can't do those things. And he got rid of that. He changed the way they were. This is not what we're supposed to do. Why? Because Moses said this. So he trusted God. He loved God. He trusted God. And he trusted what God had said through Moses. See, a lot of people, once that, uh, once a human is involved or a person is involved in it or a preacher is involved in it, well, a preacher can preach the word, but I don't believe that. But it come out of this book. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I don't believe, you know, the, and that's when people start going, well, you know, the Bible is really, it was written by men, so it's got a lot of, well, again, it comes down to trust. See, I believe that this book is the infallible word of God. That's what I believe. I believe that uh, men of old, they wrote and spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. That's what I believe. I believe that uh, every word uh, that is in this book is God-inspired, and it is uh, good for anything that you need it to be. And so we trust God. It sets us apart, and it will build our life. We need to trust God in everything that we do. Uh, Faith is trust. If there is no trust, how can we say we have faith? Because our faith operates, number one, by love. Faith worketh by love. That's scripture. And then, but if I say, well, I've got faith in God, well, then step out of the boat, Peter. Well, I I believe what you're saying, Jesus. I believe you. You said, I heard what you said. You said, come. And I know that means move toward you. Then how come you ain't doing it? I know you said I could do it. Then how come you ain't doing it? You've got to trust that, that word, you can stand on it. The only reason that Peter was able to walk on water was because of his faith in that word. The word that Jesus spoke, one word, come. That's what we read in the scripture. If it's you, Lord, bid me come. Jesus not going to read a book to him. He said, come. You know, he got to put out 68 words to, to explain it. Come. And now it's up to you. Do you trust what I just said? Do you trust my word that it will hold you up? I trust his word will hold me up. I trust I can walk and stand on his word. And Peter was able to walk on water. He lost faith in the word when he began to stare and and look and worry at the wind and the waves and see the way the sea was. He began to think this is more real than that word. And whenever we start thinking that what's going on in the world is more real than the word, then we trust the world more than we trust the word. We've got to trust the word. And so when I look at Hezekiah, I want to see what was included in his trust. It says he trusted him, so it made him, uh, he he stood out as a king among kings. But in verse 6, it said, number one, he clave to the Lord. He wasn't looking for anybody else. He wasn't trying to find another solution. The Lord was good enough for him. If it was good enough for Moses, then it was good enough for me. If if the Lord was good enough for David, then he was good enough for me. And if the Lord was good enough for the church when the church started, then the Lord is still good enough for me. If he was good enough to wash me and fill me and change me at an altar one day, then he's still good enough today to do anything else. I'm going to cleave to the Lord. I'm not going to take everything that God did for me and maybe, you know, these these other kings that did wickedly, they took God's promise and turned it into something wicked. They went into the promised land land that he gave, land flowing with milk and honey. They, they had victories that they could recount and everything, but they still did not cleave to God. Joshua warned them about it. He said, you've got to choose who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So he said, he claved to the Lord and he departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, uh, which the Lord commanded Moses. So he was going to stay tight with God and with God's word. 
So many people love God because they think he's my avenue to heaven. Well, we ain't getting there without him. That's a fact. But if that's all he is, uh, you'll find yourself drifting and, and, and just blowing with the wind and going here, there, and everywhere because everybody feels like they've got a way that God's going to get them to heaven. But I've got to cleave to him, and I've got to cleave to his commandments uh, that he put in this book. I've got to follow the word of God. I cannot live for God uh, on my own feeling. I love you, Lord, but I'll figure out my own path there. I'm pretty good, Lord. I don't get lost a lot, so I believe I can figure out a way to get there. No, you can't. You, you can't do it. Uh, we're not that good. So that's one thing. He claved to God. Folks, in this day and hour more than ever before, stick with the Lord. This is not a time to slack or to back up or to relinquish what we've uh, had all these years. It's not a time now that we're in the promise to begin to try to do our own thing. And so he, he claved to him and he followed him. He would not depart from following him. That was the next thing. And then he kept those commandments. That's three great things that showed him, showed God that he trusted me. He trusts me because he's just going to come right in here. He's the king. He can do what he wants to, but he's going to follow me. And let me tell you, we can, we've got free will. We can do what we want to do. We choose to follow the Lord. And because of that, verse 7 says, and the Lord was with him. I've said this many times. We talk about it. You're as close to God as you want to be. Because the scripture says, if I draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to me. And so uh, that God's like, listen, I've already done all the work. Now, if you want it, come get it. Come to me. Draw close to me. I will draw close to you. How do we draw close to God? How do we get closer to God? By walking in his word, trusting him, walking in his ways, keeping those commandments, being holy because he's holy. And you're not going to be holy without the word because the word is holy. You're not going to be holy without his spirit because his spirit is holy. And without the spirit of Christ, we are none of his. And so the Lord was with Hezekiah and the Lord will be with us when we trust him. It said that he also prospered wherever he went, wherever he was at, whatever situation, whatever year it was, whatever time, he was prospering because he trusted God. Friend, let me tell you, it's hard sometimes, I know. Our flesh will push against that trusting in the unknown, things that we cannot see. It's hard sometimes to, to write that check when we know we've got other things coming up but the word, the commandment will always supersede. It always comes first. You always, uh, you always do first. I, I think about the, the prophet. Was, he, he came to the, the widow woman and, and her son, and he said, make me something to eat. And she said, I don't have anything. And she said, I've got this little bit of meal. I'm going to make a cake, and me and my son are going to eat it. We're going to die. This is all we got left, a little bit of oil, a little bit of meal. And he said, do as you said, but make for me first. And I promise you by the word of the Lord that this barrel of meal will not fail and the cruise of oil will not run dry and, and everybody's going to eat. And they did. You know what she did? She made for him first. She was going to have to let go of that last meal. The trust is this really what God said to do. And when she did that, it was just like God said, the barrel of a meal, it never did fail. They, they ate through that whole famine because of that act of faith. And she could have said, no, I just, that's too, mm -mm. I, I'm holding this. I can see this and I, and I can look in that barrel and ain't nothing in it. But God put something back in it. And every day she went there, there was something in it. And every day she needed oil, there was oil to pour out because she trusted God. She ate through the famine. Her life, uh, she lived because of her trust in God's promise. And so if we think that we can just live outside of the promises of God, they're great, exceeding great and precious promises. 
that God has given to us. The Holy Ghost, what a promise. So the promise is unto you and your children all the far off. And and why why don't we try to live outside of the boundaries of the promises of God? Well, this shows him that we don't trust what he's established. When we try to go outside the word, we're trying to live outside of the promise. And it's that word that keeps us. Well, why, why would we get, do we not trust it? I trust it. I want to live for him. I want to trust God. And so not only that, but it, uh, did he uh, prosper everywhere he went, but in verse 8 it said he smote the Philistines. Uh, God gave him victory over his enemies. Trusting God will give you victory over your enemies. I want to have a life that is built on trust in God. I want to make sure that uh, I am not uh, getting away from trusting him now that he has delivered me. You know, one man said that you, know, you have uh, saved me, you know, and saved my soul and spared me. Will you not keep me now from falling? And that's the thing is that so many times I tell people, I say, you think God saved you so he could watch you just get kicked around this planet? So for that if he tears another 50 years, he can watch you be a punching bag for the next 50 years? No, he, he saved us and he gave us power. He gave us power over all the power of the enemy, more than conquerors. He, he's, he's given us victory after victory. Uh, he, he's in, given us what we need to survive and be on top because we're the, supposed to be above only and not beneath, the head and not the tail. We're supposed to be blessed going in and blessed going out. So uh, God intended for his people. He, he never said we wouldn't fight. He never said we wouldn't get hurt. He said, but you won't lose. We don't lose. We always win when we trust in God. The psalmist said in Psalm 31 and 19, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. People should be able to see your trust in God by your actions. They should, you know, when, when you see people losing their minds and running hysterical, I can't see much trust in God in that. Be honest, I can't see a lot of trust in God when people won't come back to the house of God, but they continue to go everywhere else. Maybe that's just me. But I do know that whenever you trust God, people will see that trust in action. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you can blow your music all day, king. We're not going to bow down. We will not. They basically told they said, we will not worship this image that you have set up because uh, God, he can. Now, whether he's fixing to deliver us or not, I don't know, but I know he can. But whatever happens will be out of your hand. If we die in this fire, we still got away from you. And if God delivers us, we're still out of your hand. Whichever way it goes, that's how much they trusted God. It didn't matter which way it fell. They knew that God was in control. Well, he throws them off in the fire. And, of course, we know that, uh, that three go in bound, but they stand up walking around loose with a fourth man in the fire. And the king's like, did we not throw three in? Why do I count four? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego come out of there and uh, they saw how much they trusted God that they would even go to the fire instead of worshiping anything else. They cannot prosper. They cannot bless. And so uh, God is good and he's laid up great things for people who fear him and uh, there are great things that he has wrought for them that trust in him before the sons of men. We should be, people should be seeing our trust in the Lord. In Psalm 34 and 22, it said, The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them. He didn't say a few of them. There'd be some that slip through the cracks. There'd be some I miss. I'm, you know, I know I'm God, but maybe I miss somebody sometimes. No, he don't miss nobody. He said, None of them that trust in him shall be desolate. When something is desolate is in Scripture, oftentimes it was a waste place. It was uninhabited. It was uh, not fit to be uh, to grow crops or it had no life in it. There was no water there. It was a, a, just a place to die. 
But he said, that doesn't happen to the people who trust me. Psalm 125 and 1, one of my favorite scriptures, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Friend, let me tell you, if we want to build a life that's going to last, if you want a memorial like Hezekiah had, then you trust God. Because when you trust him, you become like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but it abides forever. I want to live, I'm going to live forever somewhere. I want it to be in heaven. And friend, nobody's going to get into heaven that don't trust God. I want to trust him uh, with everything in my life. Now, this time, the world we live in today, there's still, you know, it's just a, a couple of days over a year that the world began to shut down and, and the virus was front page news and what are we going to do? People were anxious. Nobody knew what was going to happen. And fear began to grip this world. And a lot of people that loved God found them battling trusting God. There was a lot of people, I mean, that really loved God and were faithful to church. But suddenly they find themselves struggling with trusting God. I believe he's a healer, but I don't know that I believe he can protect me. But he can. And when fear gets a hold of us, it becomes a snare. Proverbs 29 and 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. Now, a snare is a trap. It's something that will grab you and hold you. It is something that is often uh, not easily seen. And we can begin to fear and we will actually lay a trap for ourselves that we step into and it hinders us, hinders our walk. You know, if when uh, a hunter will put a snare out, it, uh, it's going to do one of two things. It's going to grab this animal by the leg and hold it until it either dies from the elements or it's going to slip around its neck and the more it fights, it cuts off its breathing and it dies that way. But either way, it's going to be an end of that life. And that's what happens to a lot of people is they're so afraid of what's coming on this world and, and what's happening and what they see in the news and what they hear here, there, and everywhere. And, and they're, they're so afraid because they hear about this happened here and that happened there. And where's God in all of this? He's saying, trust me. You've got to trust me. Friend, we know the scripture says that in the last days uh, that perilous times are going to be upon us. That's scripture. We know that tribulation happens and we know that there's seven years of tribulation coming. So we can't be surprised at the shaking of this world, but we can't be afraid of it either. We've got to trust the Lord. So to avoid the snare, he said, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So fear will bring a snare, but trusting God will keep you safe. There's nothing, oh, that's just, that's just fanaticism. And oh, pastor, you, you know, you're, you're talking crazy stuff. People don't walk on water no more and, and dead people don't come back to life anymore. Well, you probably don't see it because you say that. And I'm telling you that you'll stand out in this world and you, you'll be ridiculed for your faith. And you'll be judged for your faith and people will uh, actually hate you for your trust in God. The king hated those Hebrew boys. It said that when they stood up to him saying, we're just going to serve and worship our God, it said his whole countenance, his visage was changed. He was, said he was full of rage and fury. He was just so angry that they would not bow. And people have been angry at churches because we would not bow. We're not shutting down. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're not, we're not giving in to all these mandates and things like that. And, and we did our part to be part of the solution. But I'll tell you, friend, we're not going to follow this world's orders Amen. to worship God. And that will make us stand out. But I believe God can keep us safe. And he has kept us safe. 
We have had we have been back in, into regular full scheduled service since September, and we have not had one outbreak in this church. That's glory to God. All glory to God. It's not because we've been Cloroxing. We hadn't even been, uh, you know, like just making sure. We were like between services and at every service, wiping down every microphone, every door and everything like that. And that was fine for a while. But we haven't been doing that like we were. It's not us that's keeping us safe. It's God that's keeping us safe. And that's not foolish and that's not reckless to trust God. I trust the Lord. Fear can destroy your trust. It's just like in relationships when people are afraid that this is happening or that's happening. They don't trust anymore. It destroys it. But it can also cause you to be trapped and not even see a way out. I have no way to escape this, but the Lord said, I will make a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, I love this scripture. There has no temptation, nothing taken hold of you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. And just leave that where that scripture stays up there for just a minute. Because there are things going to happen in our life. There is no temptation taking hold of you, but such as is common to man. Whatever it is, believe me, somebody else has already been there. We feel like mm -mm, nobody's ever suffered like this. Well, they have. And so uh, we can't uh, claim that. But what he said is that, but God is faithful. Something's going to take hold of you, but God is faithful. Something's going to shake your world, but God is faithful. Something's going to try you, but God is faithful. He's trying to remind the church, don't stop trusting this faithful God. Because when you remember that he's faithful, you can trust people that are faithful. You, know, you, you don't trust people who are unfaithful. You trust people who are faithful. And when we remember that God is faithful, he, says, he won't suffer you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. God's not going to do that. He's not going to let the enemy hit you with something that is so terrible that you let go of him. And then he goes on, verse 14, but with the temptation will also make a way to escape that you might be able to bear it. So he, he's saying you need to uh, trust him. He's faithful. But then, yeah, leave this up right here. This is where I wanted to, to talk about just a minute. Uh, after he goes through talking about, but God is faithful. God's going to make a way. God's going to make a way of escape so you can bear it. God's going to have an answer for you. He says, therefore, or for this reason, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Now, idolatry uh, is what Hezekiah got rid of right off the bat. He got rid of the images. He broke down. The, he, he cut down the groves. He stopped the. He destroyed the uh, images they were worshiping. The idols they were worshiping. He got rid of idolatry. God would reference these idols many times to Israel in Scripture and different people in Scripture. He'd say, you know, they have eyes but they cannot see. Ears, but they cannot hear. Mouth, but they cannot speak. They cannot deliver at all. They are the works of men's hands. And so he, he said, knowing that you have a God who is faithful, flee from idolatry. In other words, get away from things, these man-made ideas that I can fix this, I don't need God. I can worship something else, I don't need God. I can trust in something else, I don't need God. Yes, you need God. We need to flee from idolatry. Do not trust in things that cannot help you in your time of trouble. Trust God. There's nothing above God. He's God above and beneath. Heaven and earth fills the heavens and the earth. There's none beside him. Never be one formed after him. That means nobody as smart as man is will never be able to make a God. Not a God that's alive, right. not a God that can, that can do things uh, and, and save us and fill us and protect us and deliver us. He'll never be able to do it because God's already put that in, that's in the fine print. <laughs> hey, there'll never be a God formed after me. Now, this fear that destroys people and destroys trust, people get afraid when they don't know 
what's going on. They get afraid when they don't know where they are. And it doesn't matter how spiritual and awesome and good you are, friend, if you get lost, fear sets in. Anxiety sets in. Stress sets in. I I feel like I'm pretty good in the outdoors. But, buddy, I would not want to be lost in them woods in Colorado. No, because things can eat you in those woods. And I did not uh, want to have to deal with that. Uh, you know, the fire was burning on the other side of the mountain. And, and uh, you know, as, as good as I think I am in the woods, and, and I'm pretty good at my, keeping my bearings and doing those kind of things, I do not want to get lost. There's nothing worse. If you have never been in woods and have really been lost, then you, you don't know that fear. But I have. It was, I was much younger, I was 15, and I was lost on about 3,000 acres of land, of hunting land. I got turned around. It was getting close to dark. I didn't know, I had no, first time I'd ever been on the property, and I had just walked and walked and walked and walked and walked and walked and, and finally found a place to sit down. And then when I got up, I started walking. I thought I, was, thought I was keeping up with some landmarks, but evidently there's a bunch of big rocks sticking out of the ground in that part of the, the county. And so... Uh, I took the, a turn at the wrong rock and it was getting dark and I was like, I have no idea where I am. I have no idea where the guys are I was supposed to be with and so, yes, I, I was beginning to panic because I didn't have a flashlight. I mean, I, I, I didn't. I didn't have a flashlight. I had uh, about five bullets in that gun I don't know what all was in those woods. Man, I'm telling you, 15-year-old boy was getting starting to panic. And, um, hey, whatever, maybe, maybe even back then, I guess the Lord was watching out for him because, because man, I mean, I, I, what do you do? People say, well, I should just sit here until they send a search party and they'll find me. Uh-uh, I'm not staying in these woods <laughs> overnight. No. And so I just started going in a direction. And I, I hit a logging road. And I said, this has got to go somewhere. And it came out on this dirt road, and I just happened to recognize this old cabin that we had passed when we were driving in, and I knew which direction to go. So I walked up that road, and I saw where we turned. And, and I didn't tell that my friend or his dad, neither one that had gotten lost. I, didn't, I never said, because I was embarrassed, man. It was like, I was, man, I was terrified that I was going to be spending the night in them woods, lost. That, I, I mean, really afraid because I was like, man, I don't want to die out here and get eaten up by a wolf or something. I don't know what's in these woods. I've never been on this place, 3,000 acres. I, I don't want to be on the news. And so uh, I found my way back. I told him, yeah, I've just been walking, you know. <laughs> That's it. You know, hey, it's pre-Jesus. I, had, I lied a little bit. I ain't going to tell you. So, uh, but, you know, that, it was a fear. And, and that's what happens. People get afraid. And that, that's why people cling to that, you know, that, you got that Google map on your phone or you got a Garmin in your car. You got something that tells you where you're going. It's love a GPS. It, it tells you where to go, how to get there, how long it's going to take, alternate routes, if there's anything in your way, is it going to slow down, whatever, whatever, whatever. People trust that GPS. But has that GPS ever got you lost? Sent you to the wrong address? Yeah, because it ain't God. <laughs> you know what? You ever been getting ready to do that and it says current location, type that in, and then destination, you type that in. That's where you are, that's where you wish to be. You type that stuff in. But you know, the thing about God is that God knows both those locations already. He already knows where you are, and he knows where you want to be. And he's going to get you there. God knows both. And here's something that's so simple that it, it almost sounds like gibberish, but listen to what I'm about to say. Wherever you are, wherever you are, God can get you to where you need to be. Well, Israel in the Red Sea. they got to get to the promised land. They're going to have to go through there to get so he makes a way. He makes a way for them to get there. Listen, 
you don't have to know where you are to be where you are. If we just went out and blindfolded somebody and brought them in here and, and took the blindfold off, you know where you are? I don't. Well, they're still here. You don't have to know where you are to be where you are. You're there. Your presence is there. That's where you are. You don't have to know where you are to be where God wants you to be. Joseph was in a pit where there was no water, it said, but he was right where God wanted him to be because that pit was that first step toward the palace where he would be saving his people. So sometimes we don't know where we are, but that's okay. It can still be where God wants us. Our knowledge does not change any of that. We have to just trust God. I may not know where I am, but I'm here. And I may not know uh, where I am, but I guarantee you it's where God wants me because I trust him because he orders my steps in his word. Job said in the middle of his trouble, hey, God knows the way that I take. That's something I, hey, I, I don't have to worry about it. God knows the road I'm on. God knows the way that I take and the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. In Psalm 37, uh, 23, uh, this is, we'll just read that. Psalms 23 through 25, 37, 23 through 25. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Now that's trust. It's just like a kid. They know that when they fall, we're going to pick them up. When we're teaching them how to walk or to run or to ride a bike or do anything, they know that, hey, that person that's watching over me is going to extend that hand. And a lot of times it's going to actually catch me before I hit the ground. You can fall and not hit the ground. Anybody, any parents know that? Your kid ever failed and you got to them before they, yeah, they, they, they fail, they just didn't hit because, that, yeah, yeah, my son rolled off the bed one night. Whew. Uh, man, it, I don't know what time of morning it was. All I know is he was a baby, and we were on a, a high bed, and he rolled off, and I don't, even, I don't believe he hit the floor. If he did, he bounced, and she caught him. But, but when he went off the edge of that bed, as loud as she could, she screamed the name of Jesus. I woke up looking for him. Because I figured if she, she, the way she, she was so adamant in, in calling his name, he must be in the room. But, the, but Jake was all right. My heart was beating out of my chest. And I just fell back on the pillow. I was like, Whew, what happened? You know, this it's funny, but it's true. But, you know, it, it happens. So sometimes, you know, when we read this, though we fall, we're like, yeah, when I fall and bust my face on the ground, God picks me up. No, sometimes it's the hand of the Lord catches you for you. Make that hard fall. Sometimes we do hit hard. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Sometimes we do. But we're not utterly cast down. There's trust here. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God ordered my steps. I've got to trust that he has laid out the right path for me just because I fall. When we are teaching our kids to walk, we'll set them over. All right, now come here. We want them to walk straight to us. Guess what? they halfway there. Are they like, why did you tell me to walk that way if I was going to fall? Because you just learned to walk. God, why did you send me this way if there was going to be this bump or this hole or this? Because you need to learn to walk. You've got to learn to walk by faith. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust me that you're going to get there. I'm, I'm going to get you there. If you fall, you're not, I'm not going to leave you there. We don't leave them there. They fall. Sometimes it's, you know, they start crying, fussy a little bit. We don't just leave them there. We pick them up. Let's try again. You know, and we do that until they do that back bend thing and you have to, then you got to just take a break. <laughs> but then the psalmist said this, and here's where, he, where I really see his trust in God. He said, I've been young, 
and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I trust God's going to provide. Right. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never, I've seen, and you, you've heard me say this so many times. I know you probably get tired of me repeating this, but you will see the righteous in just any form or fashion that you can think of, but you will never see them forsaken because they trust God. And when you trust God, he will not leave you stranded. Just keep trusting God. Isaiah 26 and 3, uh, the prophet said it, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. So you can think about God and be worried to death, but if you trust in him, here comes that peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. We tell you, uh, when you begin to, to trust him, it, it's more than just uh, your mind, than having your mind on him. It's trusting in him. And that's the thing is people through this terrible year have had peace uh, that nobody could understand. How, how is it that you're okay with just shaking hands with people or talking to people or being within uh, six, you know, less than six feet of people or going into a, you know, we went to a big camp meeting up in Arkansas, man, and we was in there with 3,000 people, I guess. I don't know how many was in there. And, uh, you know, we just went. I didn't think about it. I didn't think. It didn't worry. I didn't come back with COVID either. What about that? Uh, you know, so we just trusted God. And that don't mean that I've had COVID. My wife's had COVID. My kids have had COVID. We've had it. It's real. I know it's out there, but I'm not going to let it stop me from living my life. And so uh, Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4. See if I can find verses 6 and 7 deals with this peace. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Trust. When you give it to him, you trust him. When you talk to him about it, when you uh, uh, give everything in prayer and supplication and you're just thanking God and you're just giving these requests, it's because you trust him. And then he says, when you do that, when you give it to God, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. It's going to take care of you. But there's going to have to be some trust Oh, I love you so much, Lord. I love you so much, Lord. Then trust me. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust that I'm going to take care of you, that I'm going to make everything be all right. And then finally, and I'm getting ready to to come to a close here in just a second, darling, if you want to come on to the music. Psalm 37. Don't let this world or the things going on in this world or anybody else cause you to stop trusting God. David said this in Psalm 37, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Don't be envious against the workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Herb, green herb. Poor old green herb. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it is St. Patrick's Day. I guess he's wearing green. Uh, my goodness, uh, trying so hard tonight too, man. In verse three, he said, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. You're not gonna, remember when we talked about that rich young ruler? He said, hey, sell it all, get rid of it all, distribute it and follow me. Get rid of everything you've got, follow me and wait a minute, what am I going to do about food? What am I going to do? I'll take care of you when you trust me. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. Don't make a commitment and then kill it with distrust. That goes in any relationship, you know. So don't make a commitment and then destroy it because you can't trust the Lord. So commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. 
rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, those that trust him, shall inherit the earth. In verse 7, the word patiently there is a completely different word than probably what you think. But the word patiently in Hebrew is, is K-H-O-O-L. It's so cool. So rest in the Lord and be cool. But the word cool actually means to twist or whirl in a circular spiral motion as to dance. Well, the scripture said, praise him in the dance. So while things are going on, he said, just rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Just, just keep on dancing. Just keep on worshiping. Just keep on serving. Just trust him. Trust in the Lord forever. Stand with me. Isaiah 26 and 4, that's exactly what he said. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Forever. How, how, how long I got to trust God? Forever. Trust him forever because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's going to always be that same great God. Corey Ten Boom Many of you know who that is. She, she made this statement, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. When you know God, it doesn't matter what's going on tomorrow. Ernest Hemingway said this, the best way to find out if you can trust somebody is to trust them. Well, the scripture said it like this, taste and see that the Lord is good. But you'll never know if you can trust the Lord until you do. You've got to trust Him and believe in Him. Trusting God, it'll set you apart. And it'll make your life so much easier. Praise God. Let's come find a place tonight. Pray for a few moments in the altar. Just reaffirm yourself with the Lord tonight. Just let Him know you do love Him, but that you also trust Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
our hands across the building just worship together one more time while he sings it one more time let's just worship the Lord you're all I want Jesus hallelujah present help in time of trouble. You can trust him. He's going to be there. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for being in Wednesday night service. Looking forward to a great time this Sunday. God's going to bless and move. Let's bring somebody to church with us. Tell them about that, that great God you serve. Tell them about Jesus and that love he has for them. Let's see the Lord do some wonderful things. Be safe. There's, like I said, bad weather's coming, so be careful if you're out driving. Whatever you're doing, keep yourself safe, and we'll see you Sunday, the Lord willing. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.